Evolution.org, episode 577, coming your way. This one we're going to talk a little bit different than some of the other podcasts. We're going to talk about why the USA, Brazil, Australia, and Europe have high steroid use. And most of our members on the forum, we have have members from all over the world, Monster. Most of our uh, members come from those four uh, areas. Of course, the Europe is a continent, and and Australia is actually a continent and and a country, by the way. And then, you know, the U.S. And we got Canada as well. So we got to include Canada in that as well. Um, although Canada has uh, a tenth of the population of, of the United States. And, you know, the, these countries use steroids. I've been around the world and I've been to countries where steroids are illegal. And uh, you can walk into a pharmacy and you can ask the pharmacist. You don't need a prescription. You don't need any type of paperwork or anything. You can just ask them, hey, I want some testosterone you know and he'll if it's it's his discretion he's he might ask you what he need it for i'll just tell him straight up look i want to put on muscle i want to i want to boost my libido i want this i want that and he'll hook you up with it if he deems it you know if he he makes that decision himself you don't have to go to a doctor there's no uh, middleman to get to get these these types of things same thing with things like antibiotics i mean parts of mexico you go to mexico and you can buy antibiotics over the counter. Um, in the United States, you have to go to a doctor to get a prescription for antibiotics. So same thing. And you can actually bring antibiotics back. A certain amount you're allowed to bring back to the United States legally. So, But obviously you can't bring back steroids across the border. Once you do, you're breaking the law. So, But why do those countries not use steroid use? Mexico, for example, stero- anabolic steroids are legal. Um, you, can, you, can, you can have them. Um, you can't you know, in Canada, there's it's it's there's more of a deregulation. It's more um, it it's not legal in Canada, but I, if you possess it, you're not gonna get that much trouble. You can't sell it, but I think you can possess it. So maybe some of you Canadians can clarify that for me. But I believe that is the law. So in your country too, mobsters, similar to that as well. But United States, look, the United States to use anabolic steroids, you've got to have a prescription for it for it to be legalized. So why are these countries a good or country like the Dominican Republic, for example, or Mexico? They are legal. You can walk through the pharmacy, ask the pharmacist, or a Middle East country, you can walk in, ask the pharmacist, he'll he'll get with anabolic steroids. But they don't use anabolic steroids. Everybody's not walking around with an eight-pack and, and huge muscles and bodybuilding. You have a very small percentage of the population who even is into bodybuilding. So, you know, this is a really good podcast. We're going to get into it. Um, I know a lot of you already are like, you want to give in your opinion. So, you know, down below, you know, come on the forum, give your opinion on this below on social media, write your opinions on this. We'd love to hear it, but I'm going to bring in mobster on this and mobster can start us off with uh, his opinions. Yeah. There's, there's a bunch of factors at play here, Steve. Availability of information, including this very podcast is one of the reasons we have now got greater access to information about PEDs than we've ever had, ever. Five years ago, there was one or two people that were outstanding in terms of the hits that they were getting, views they were getting on YouTube, a couple of psychopaths, in my opinion, but they were fucking out there. I'm thinking of particularly of that user that would be sitting there loading the magazines for the bullet with bullets for his guns while he was talking about drugs. So, yeah, there was some, there was some fucked up shit. Out there. But say, in terms of proper information, including his podcast and, and some respected industry uh, information providers, 
you've got greater access to information you've ever had before. That occasionally includes, not always necessarily a positive thing, greater information accessibility to what we would call pro stacks. Now, the, the issue, there's multiple issues, and I'm going to touch on a few. So why do we see higher use? We imagine, and I'm when I say we, I'm talking about I'm this talking to our younger listeners here. We imagine somehow, right, that if I took, and this is just the average Joe in the high street, Steve, because we've had this, I would look like you if I took storage. No, you wouldn't. You would not. You don't train like me. You don't eat like me. You haven't put the 40 years in the gym. You would not. Steve, Steve is shorter than me. He's not going to get taller doing the same steroid stack as me. I am I'm a strength athlete. Steve is not. We don't train the same. So therefore, I won't look the same as Steve if I train like Steve, and he won't look the same as me. And that's that's just time under the bar. And, and that's just that's just obvious common sense. But you try to explain it to, to Joe's on the high street. I would look like you. You would not. And so the issue here is, and this especially applies to the younger listeners, you would not become Jay Cutler. You will not become Ronnie Coleman if you took their steroid stack. Arguably, their genetics are outstanding, but we imagine somehow that they are taking more steroids than anybody else. So the issue then becomes, and some of them are, Steve, there's no arguing about it. We've seen, quote, unquote, death stacks. I'm thinking of Dallas McCarver. I'm thinking of George Peterson. We've seen the, the steroid profiles when they've had their bloods tested after they passed away. And the stacks that they were supposed to have been on. And in the case of um, Dallas Bacava, it was ridiculous. In the case of George Peterson, I think it was when we were looking, I think one podcast, you and I just did two, 2,000 milligrams or the equivalent of 2,000 milligrams of EQ in his blood. It was just ridiculous. So the information then, well, look how George looked. And the logic goes, well, if I took the stack that he took, I would look like George. If I took the stack that Dallas did, I would look like Dallas. And the reality again is that you would not. You've also got, and I've made some notes here, guys, the social media influence, so that's accessibility to the information I've just talked about, and the idea, because I can create a video or YouTube or podcast, and I can make up shit about the amount of gear that X or Y or Z's on, and if X or Y or Z doesn't take me to court or sue my ass and prove that he doesn't use that amount of drugs because it's still illegal for the most part where he is and the amount of drugs that he is using, then I can get away with saying that shit. And if I get enough views, some people will believe what I've said. And the reality is, if you're not there jabbing that man in the butt with his uh, syringe, you haven't got any idea what he's really taking. We can have an educated guess. So we can talk about, what, as we do on this podcast, Steve, what we think applies to the majority of listeners of the right age, we put the gym and the, and, and the working at the table and the the benefits of PED use at sensible dosages versus the idea of high use. So the beach culture is a part of it. Brazil specifically, see, but I think Australia especially, and this is a generational thing. It doesn't apply to everybody. Same thing with Europe, and I'm including the UK here, as, as any of the countries around the Mediterranean, there and the USA. USA has got a great culture, Steve, if you live anywhere near the coast, and especially if you're a younger listener, you're going to want to look good on the beach. You're going to get that from social media. And media influence is full stop because magazines will have, even now, slim, attractive, and apparently successful people looking good as they go to the beach, by the beach, on the beach. And that's how perfumes are sold. That's how cars are sold. Sometimes, Steve, it's how houses are sold. There are, we are starting to see some 
adverts where the people are a little bit more normal or average looking, but for the most part, it's still slim, it's still young, it's still attractive. And in the case of the guys, they're going to have six packs and small hips and and muscular fires and so on and so forth. They're still using young, attractive models to sell men and women to sell products like that. And so the culture in those particular places is super, super important in terms of its influence. Something else I touched upon, Steve, in terms uh, in the pre-show with Steve, and I said, it's the more is better thing. And that's very much, I think, Steve, and I said, it was my particular opinion, the more is better thing is very Western. And that includes the countries that are included. Brazil might be South America and Australia, maybe way down the bottom, but we could argue that they're Westernized in terms of their outlook. So the more is better culture, that's the faster car. If you've got a car that does 200, but you're only allowed to do 75, you don't need a car that does 200. You want a car that does 200. I want a car that does 200, even if I can only drive at 70 or 55, Steve. Uh, you know, if, if there's a magic wand available for me tomorrow, and instead of my plan number of this Friday of 440 pounds, you could send Steve a magic wand and I could do 600 pound bench press, then I would take a 600 pound bench press because why the fuck not? So the same kind of logic, the same kind of desires of more is better applies to us and especially in the particular countries listed because that's the thought process that we've always had in reality we sometimes forget how rich we are how strong we are and so on and so forth how fast our car can drive how safe our car is and so on and so forth and we're not comparing it with perhaps other countries like asia china africa and so on and so forth where just being able to eat never mind train (laughs) Never mind have a £300 or £400 benches. These things aren't as important. Literally being able to eat and have a roof over your head is important. And we forget in the West, in the Westernized countries, just how much of that stuff we actually have. Even when we think we're poor, we've still got a roof over it. Even when we pull a car still does 55 miles an hour and we've got a car. So it's, it's that kind of Western attitude about more is better. And as I said, Steve, you and I have done shows on these kind of um, cycles, these, the death cycles, Dallas McCarvin and George Peterson, where we were talking about the sheer number of steroids in the stack and the, and the amounts that were in the stack. And I think that available information has an influence. Now, it should just be a piece of information. This is what someone else did, and this is how far they took it. It doesn't actually need to apply to the typical listener or user. So what do you think about that availability of information, Steve, and us knowing about just how crazy stacks can be and the possible influence it might have on listeners? Yeah, the, look, at the end of the day, you know, Anabox thirds, they're very easy to get um, and they're very cheap relative to other things. I mean, to, to get an auto detailer to come out to your house and, and pay him a tip, it's going to cost you 160, 170 bucks. Well, for that amount of money, you know, that you can buy two months worth of anabolic steroids or a month's worth of some expensive anabolic steroids for that price, right? So, really, it's not expensive to uh, run a steroid cycle. It costs the same amount or less than a car payment, for example. Um, so, you know, we have access to it and we have the money we can, we can, you know, uh, you know, you know, credit cards, we have access to credit. A lot of people in other countries don't, we can run up our credit cards and it's not that difficult to, for us to acquire them. So the ease of access makes a big difference too. And then, you know, the economic thing, a lot of these third world countries, they're just trying to 
eat food. I mean, a lot of people, I think there's 1 billion people or more mobs. There might be up to like 1.5 billion people in the world actually survive on a dollar a day of food. So they're just trying to basically not go hungry. And, you know, we have all the food we want in um, in these countries. So we're like not even worried about that. We're just worried about how we look more. And it's kind of like a mind fuck. We just want to look look good. We want to have the nicest car on the street. We want to have, you know, it's all about it's all about that. The, the image, like you said, and it's body image issues that have been cultivated, you know, growing up during the 80s. And you grew up in a similar time, too. You had the action movies and the action stars. They looked a certain way. Arnold and Sylvester Stallone and these guys, they had the big muscles. They had the ascularity. They were ripped. They had the six packs. There's a certain um, body image thing that we want to kind of look like. And that's kind of that's kind of part of it, too. So a lot of it has to do with insecurities that we're carrying around. And we're willing to spend this disposable income on anabolic steroids and instead of putting it in the bank and saving the money. We'd rather spend it on things like anabolic steroids. So that's a that's a big factor, too, um, that plays into it, I think. And, and these other countries, they don't care. Like, like when I was younger, I, you know, a lot of people on the forums, they post, oh, the Dominican Republic, you can go into a pharmacy and buy anabolic So I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, damn. Everybody in the Dominican Republic must be walking around jacked, you know, with huge muscles and look like a bodybuilder. So then I go there and I've been there several times. I'm like, nobody looks like they're a bodybuilder in the Dominican Republic. They're thin, but they're certainly not muscular because no one gives a shit. And there's no I didn't see a single gym when I was in the Dominican Republic. The resorts have their little gyms. Well, I didn't see gyms like in America where every fucking corner there's a fucking franchise gym. Planet Fitness, LA Fitness, Golds, whatever. It used to be World's Gym. You could have there were gyms like on every fucking corner in America. Yoga studios, gyms. You don't have that in these countries. If you want a gym in those countries, you probably are going to have to buy your own equipment, or you'd have to probably go to a city to find a gym. But it's not like America where there's a gym on every corner. So they don't have that built-in insecurity, oh, my God, of how I look. I got to look a certain way. They just don't have it. And we do it in America. And a lot of it has to do with just showing up each other, showing up uh, your neighbors and showing up people around you. I got to have a boat. Oh, my neighbor got a boat, so I'm going to buy a boat. Oh, my neighbor got a nice fucking car. I got to get a nice car. You see what I'm saying? So I think that's a big factor, too. I think it's less so in your country, Monster. Am I wrong? I, I I suspect there's an element of it, Steve. I think possibly because your interaction with me is I'm not necessarily driven by some of these markers. And and that's probably just the way that I've developed as a person, but also because I'm a little, tiny little bit older. I'll tell you what I think it is, Steve, and, and I've seen this, and I probably had it myself when I was younger, right? But I'll also touch on stuff that we've talked about already. So when you have it good... You can start to think about the aesthetic look. If I if I was just trying to get enough money together every day to feed myself, the last thing on my fucking mind is going to be hitting the gym for a six-pack or better pecs. I'm just going to be trying to get the money together for food. Right? You know, if I if I was out on the street but plucking away my guitar just to get enough money together to go out and 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 get some sandwiches or something, 
I'm not going to be thinking about my calf size. So th there's an argument to be made that because we have it sometimes better than we think, but because we have it so good, to quote a famous British politician, we forget that we have it so good. And then other things like the aesthetic, like how we look, become important. In reality, we're not having to go out and scrape food off the ground in some field. We're not having to go out and spend 12 hours plucking strawberries off the ground or something for a farmer for 15 bucks or whatever. You know, we're, you, you, both our countries, in America and the UK, we're arguing about minimum wage and we're talking about you know, the cost of electricity and other bits and pieces, but we'll be moaning while we're using our cell phone. We'll be moaning while we're getting satellite TV and so on and so forth. So the reality of our societies are actually in a positive way is that we have it good. And therefore, we can afford, this is a great thing, we can afford to look at things like the aesthetic. We can afford to spend money on steroid stacks to look good because it's something else. It's an argument for the society. You know, perhaps we should be looking at science and poetry and history and, and doing things with our planet. But, you know, it, it's, you tend to focus on the self first. And there's an appreciation. I do this all the time, Steve. I talk about one of the drivers for me in the gym is ego, the id, the person I believe that I am. And therefore, the drive, it's not the only driver, it's not my driver every single day, but the driver of why I do things is for myself. So listeners will understand that. You want sometimes to argue that the reason you want to look, well, you want to look is to attract a partner, sexual partner, more women, more men, more whatever the hell you're into. And therefore, if I look better, I'll get more sexual partners. And reality of the situation is that might be true up to a point. Uh, but after a little while, if you, especially if you stay into it and you keep going at it, it tends to be more for your own satisfaction. That you enjoy training, that you enjoy how you feel when you're strong, when you feel muscular, and so on and so forth. The beach thing, and I'm thinking specifically of South America, Steve, Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, and so on and so forth, would be, if you've ever seen, I mean, Steve touched on a, a country just now, the, the beach thing when you've got some fine, if you're a man, a fine young piece of ass walking around in this tiny little bikini with what looks like a pair of peaches at the back and a couple of, fucking, you know, something else at the front and so on and so forth. It has to be wow. And and it's, it's an appealing thing. And, it's a, you know, and on a hot beach, looking good is going to be great. Now, if you can offer the same with a six-pack and some tight glutes and some muscular fires of your own and broad shoulders and so on and so forth, then you've probably got way better of a chance, especially if it makes you feel confident about uh, being able to talk to them and hook up and so on and so forth. So I get that aspect of it. But as I said, I think it's more the the availability, as Steve said. There's actually a great argument. I think Steve said this at the beginning. First off, and I just this is another podcast that we just shortly recorded, we have a greater accessibility to performance-enhancing drugs than we've ever had whether that's peptides, growth hormone, any of the steroids, accessibility now is at its greatest as it's ever been throughout history, ever. The number of labs, the number of approved labs is at its all-time best, Steve. Absolutely. The competition between labs, the prices are on a what it costs you and how much, many hours you need to work for it, probably at an all-time low. That sounds a bit silly. You could go, oh, it used to be $20 back in the day. Motherfucker, you had to work for three hours for that $20. Now you work for an hour. It's less. 
you are and and there are deals so the ability as steve said just stuff that we <laughs> i know people steve they get fast food delivered and they'll spend as much on an evening meal pizza and some coke and some fries and whatever else as you and i can get for a month supply of testosterone uh, that's that's how cheap it is food for two or three people a month supply of testosterone and that's i don't think the prices locally have changed for years steve so it's definitely getting less and less as we can we, we get paid more and more slowly but surely so price wise it's as cheap as it's ever been and therefore if we can afford it we can afford bigger stacks. So there's an argument to be made for that. But number one, I think, as I said before, is the uh, is, is the accessibility of information. You and I have accessibility to a professional bodybuilder on our forums. You have interviewed on podcasts that we've done previously, and guys, please go back and check them out, people that were on their way up as pros and have actually ended up on the Olympia stage. We've done profiles on the Olympia-level bodybuilders, and we've done multiple of those where we say this is what we think this particular person might be using in those and they've been fun people love those the people like to hear that information the, the only issue for me and this is part of the reason why i think high steroid use is there is because the logic it seems to think that if i did what they did i would look like what they look like and the, the truth is that is not the case you and I, have, as I said, we got access to a pro bodybuilder on our forums right now. And the last time they run a log, they were using two and a half grams of test per week. Right now, I'm using the all-time highest I've ever used as we record this podcast. It's just about to finish. And it's 1,100 milligrams a week. My previous was less than, I think, 900 milligrams. I'd say, I'm going to say 860-something, or it might have been 760-something. So three quarters of a gram all-time higher than most I've ever used it. Uh, and still not half what a professional bodybuilder that you and I could talk to uh, as users. So definitely, I think it's that influence that. Their listeners, why do you think the, the numbers are so high? Why do you think that you yourself use the numbers that you, you use? Is there science? Is there thought? Is it logic? Or is it simply because pro bodybuilders out there and accessible information and influence has made you think that you need to use those kind of numbers give us your feedback let us know what your thoughts are please note we're not doctors and opinions are ours it's our view and based on our experience and views on the topic our podcasts are for informational purposes and entertainment only the freedom of speech and the first amendment applies